Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I have some exciting news for you this morning. I have a new sponsor for Second Wind, and I'm excited to tell you about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is an amazing business that delivers delicious, ready-to-cook recipes and food to your front door. The recipes are based on farm-fresh ingredients, so that's a plus, and each meal is complete. The ingredients are measured to the exact quantity needed, so there's not any hassle and there's not any waste. But it's just a matter of opening the little packages. It's very creative the way they designed it. The recipes are set up so that anyone can make a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal in just 30 minutes. No grocery shopping. It's there. It's made for us. And they even have delicious vegetarian meals. You can receive $35 off your first week of meal delivery by going to HelloFresh.com and use my name, Joyce, when you order. Again, go to HelloFresh.com, and I'm going to spell that in case you can't understand my accent, H-E-L-L-O-Fresh, F-R-E-S-H.com to order and that's how you'd order but be sure you put in my name so you'll get the discount of $35 yes Joyce me so anyway I love the meals it was so much fun doing it I even learned a new meal that I think I'm going to repeat so I hope you'll think about HelloFresh as being a solution for very busy people that love good food Now, some of us think about creativity and we automatically freeze. If somebody says, are you a creative person? Well, do you say yes? Do you freeze when you hear that word? Some of us do. And some of us think, oh, no, we're not creators. Well, my guest today is Melissa Dinwiddie, and she admits to being a recovering perfectionist, but she is an awesome artist, author, speaker, and creativity instigator who helps people take the fear out of their creativity and bring them back to the joy of that experience. Her mission is to help you reclaim your innate entitlement to creative play by changing the conversations around creative expression and play you feel much more alive. Her mission is to change the world. That's no small 
feet, but it's a good dream. Through her writings, artwork, and music, which you can see on her blog at Living a Creative Life, you will experience her genius. Today, we will be talking about her new book, The Creative Sandbox Way, which is such a great title. Welcome, 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 Melissa. I'm so excited you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So how do people get to the point where they just say, creative? What do you mean? I'm not creative. And then some of us seem to keep it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're born knowing, of course, we're creative. We're all born creative. And mm-hmm. as if you, if you cast your memory back, as little tiny children, we spend our days following our curiosity. <laughs> we live in imaginary worlds. We make mm-hmm. things up. You know, we mm-hmm. live in the, the land of make-believe, and we're, we, we play with blocks and with crayons, and we live in a world of creativity. And that is our innate state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through school and growing up, we learn that there are right ways and wrong mm-hmm. ways to do things. And we start to, very young, we start to notice other kids doing things differently than the way we're doing things. And we start to learn to compare how mm-hmm. we do things compared to the way other kids do things. And pretty soon, most of us, I think, start to see the way that we do things as not right as inferior. Mm. This is certainly Mm -hmm. what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I quit making art by the time I was 13. I think for a lot of people that happens by maybe age six or five. And we start to think of ourselves as non-creative beings. That's not true, but that's how we start to see ourselves for a lot of us very young. Mm-hmm. I remember, Melissa, when I was growing up, those paper dolls, and you would color the clothes. I mean, oh, I yeah. remember that, but where are those? I don't even see those anymore, and I don't even see paper dolls anymore. You know, we just don't have them. So uh, there's really things that are happening in our environment and that we just don't have the opportunities to create. Right. You know, that's true. I mean, if you look at the, the toys that are, I mean, I'm, I'm not really hip on all the toys that are available to kids <laughs> nowadays, but what I do see that's out there are toys <laughs> that there, there's not really opportunities for kids to create with the toys because the toys have everything there for the kids. You, know, right. you push a button and it does mm-hmm. this thing. You push another button and it does <laughs> that thing. There's no opportunity for the kids to, like, make things up anymore. Whereas, you know, you give a toy, uh, you give a kid, uh, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, a wooden spoon, and it can be 5,000 different things. True. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't need a toy that turns into 5,000 different things with the push of a button. They just need a wooden spoon in their imagination. Yeah. What happens to us when we when we sort of skip over that that very important part of us? What happens to us? You know, there's sort of like you you got to walk, you got to crawl before you walk. Is there also something that happens when we delete creativity from who we are? 
I can tell you, uh, I, I don't have the, the research p- piece of it, but what I can tell you is that it's not good. Yeah. When our creativity is unexpressed, it is mm-hmm. not good. It, I know for my own, from my own experience, the, the chunk of, t- of years in my own life where I truly believed that I was not a creative person, that creative expression, the arts, that that was for other people, not for me. Mm-hmm. That was a very gray time in my life. It was drained of color. It was very monochromatic. I was not a happy person. And, you know, as human beings, we seek out ways to give our lives meaning and fulfillment and joy. And joy. Mm-hmm. And we, when we don't have ways to do that that really feed us, we, we try to feed ourselves with things that nourish us, and when there's not truly nourishing ways to do that, then it's kind of like the equivalent of stuffing ourselves with Snickers bars. And mm-hmm. when there's not a way for us to create, then the only opportunity for us to try and feed ourselves is to consume. And so mm-hmm. what I did for those years when I thought of myself as a non-creative person, I spent a lot of time shopping. And mm. I didn't buy mm-hmm. necessarily, I didn't, I didn't necessarily buy things because they didn't necessarily have money to buy things, but I spent a lot of time at the shopping mall trying on evening gowns, walking through the house <laughs> section, dreaming and fantasizing of all the beautiful things that I would buy if I had the money, and that did not make me happy. I lived in a fantasy world of the kind of lifestyle that I would live, like, you know, the lifestyle that I saw in advertisements and magazines and on television, the kind of lifestyle that I would live if I had the money that I dreamed that would make me happy. But I think most of us realize that buying things does not actually make us happy. Advertisers try to convince us that it will make us happy because Mm -hmm. it's going to make them money if we believe Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. We've all had the experience of thinking that buying buying our way to happiness is going to work and imagining that it will, and then that Mm -hmm. empty, hollow feeling that we experience when we finally, finally buy that thing that we think is going to bring us happiness and then Mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, I feel just as hollow now as I did before. <laughs> and what I experienced yep. when I finally came back to the creativity that I'd, that I'd lost, you know, that I'd let go of, was that, wow, this thing, this creating, actually nourishes me in a way that, you know, going to the shopping mall and trying on evening gowns that I was never going right. to have an opportunity to wear anyway did not nourish me. Right. Do you have a definition for creativity? I love this question because I, I have such a, non, um, a non-tidy answer to that question. My mm. definition for, the, for, for that word is so shifting and evolving. Mm-hmm. Creativity, that, you know, there's one definition that says creativity is when you create something, when, you, when, when there was nothing and then you you do something and now there's something you know when you build something mm-hmm. where there was nothing yeah. before there's that's one definition another definition okay i'm going to 
Melissa, I'm, I shouldn't have asked you that big, deep question just before the break because we've got to go to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a boo-boo on my part. But anyway, when we do come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about what creativity is, just as you started out so beautifully, because it is a big question. What, what, what is our definition of creativity? So we're going to take a brief um break here and when we come back we're going to talk more about what we consider creativity to be so stay tuned transformational coach motivational speaker and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. for a long time that diamonds are precious or worth a lot of due to rumors. That means money. Did you ever wonder how a polished pebble becomes one of the most expensive things on earth? Two centuries ago, diamonds were worn only by royalty. But in 1870, miners discovered huge deposits of diamonds in South Africa. And soon after, the diamond market was flooded. That's when a man named Cecil Rhodes started buying up shares of the diamond mines. 18 years later, Rhodes controlled the entire South African supply of diamonds. He started his own newspaper and magazine articles with clever ad campaigns about cut, clarity, color, and carrot. He also convinced women that they weren't truly engaged to be married without a diamond ring. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We're talking today with Melissa Witte, and she is talking about creativity. And we I sort of threw a question at her before the break that really um, needs a little more explanation about what creativity is or the creative play, if we wanted to add that word with it, attach that word with it, Melissa. Um, would you like to talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I love that you added creative, that you added the word play to it. Yes. That's, that makes it a little easier to define. Yeah. yeah. I would define creative play as simply following your curiosity. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you're you're playing a game, and if we can remember back when we were four or five, and we started I think probably the first creative games that, like, for little girls would be playing house or something like that, wouldn't it be? Sure, absolutely. Anything involving your imagination, anything Mm -hmm. that answers the question, what would happen if, 
that is creative play absolutely at work. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is, that is my personal favorite space to be in, just in general, that's my favorite place to be in that when I'm working at my art table in that space of what, what would happen if I, I'm in front of, a, I'm working on a canvas or a piece of paper or something, and I'm thinking to myself, ooh, what would happen if I, you know, if I dripped paint instead of mm. brushing it? What, what would happen if I sewed on the canvas? Mm-hmm. What would happen if I turned the canvas upside down? Anytime mm-hmm. that question enters my head, that is a very exciting and fun place to be, and that is really mm-hmm. the nature of, you know, the nature of creative play. Right. Well, why is coloring? When I think of creative play, I always think of coloring. Um, in, yeah. in that, that I guess that's because you're. That's what I did as a little girl. I colored. And that's so easy yeah, for me to remember. Really, you know, coloring and another another one that people that people may be familiar with is is um, zentangling, which is a a form of doodling with patterns that's been mm. um, sort of trademarked by uh, by some people. These are, these are wonderful forms of art making that are accessible to people who don't think of themselves necessarily as, as artists or yeah. particularly creative because mm-hmm. of the structure attached to them. So mm-hmm. it makes them feel a little bit safer and a little more accessible because if you throw a blank piece of paper or a blank canvas in front of somebody and say, go, then <laughs> that feels really paralyzing because, you know, too many choices feels impossible. And mm-hmm. if you give somebody a, a structure, then it makes them feel safe and contained. And mm-hmm. So giving giving somebody a coloring book or a coloring page and a set of you know crayons or pencils or markers or something they they automatically have they have a structure to work with and or give them a set of patterns to you know and a small piece of paper and some particular pens to work with that makes mm-hmm. them a little bit safer so they're making choices within a set of choices rather than you know, the entire universe filled with choices that feels paralyzing. Mm-hmm. So I love those kinds of things to get people started, absolutely. Yeah. I can remember, um, you know, just sitting in class that the doodling part, and I don't doodle as much as I used to, which is kind of interesting when you look at it, why you would start and stop doing some of those activities. But some people doodle in squares and some people doodle in zeros and and curvy lines. It's interesting even looking at the way we are creative. Absolutely. Doodling is one of my most beloved mm-hmm. art forms. I <laughs> doodle every morning, actually. It's, it's a way that I get some creative time. I, I call it creative sandbox time. Mm-hmm. This is my play time, my time where I am in that mind space of being a four-year-old where I'm really mm-hmm. playing and making messes and letting myself be completely imperfect and muck about. And it's not about trying to make something, you know, excellent or great mm-hmm. or perfect. 
it's not about the outcome. It's really about enjoying the process and just following my curiosity. And I do. Do you do you day. actually set aside time to do that type of Absolutely, play? Absolutely, I do. And I I started a practice back in 2011. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, it was 15 minutes a day, mm-hmm. and now I say any amount counts. So even if it's two minutes, even if mm-hmm. it's one minute. It doesn't matter because the point is just to start. But I, I, I feel that it is essential to set aside time. If we don't set aside time, then it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. the thing is that if we don't make time, if we don't, if we don't carve the time out and, and really make the time for it, it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And if, well, we don't, right. if we don't make the time to play, then our lives are all, become all work. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, especially perhaps for, for people who are professional creatives, who are graphic designers, artists, professional musicians, professional writers, copywriters, photographers, people who create for a living for other people, especially for them, it's essential to, create, to set aside, carve out, and make time for that creative sandbox playtime because otherwise you will get burned out. That is exactly what mm-hmm. happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I make that time first thing in the morning. Right. Well, you know, we've got a, we've got our TVs that are big competitors for our time, doodling time. Um, and I would think, because having experienced my own lack of creative time, actually where I sat down and did the doodling and did the coloring and did that expression of creativity in that way with a pencil. I I found as I became an adult busy with my life and mother and other responsibilities, I just kind of dropped it. It's just oh, yeah. as though it weren't important. Yeah, it's it's usually the first thing to go and it's not really a big surprise because we live in a culture that gives us very mixed messages about creative expression and creative play. We, on the one hand, we see the people in our, in our society who are very successful as artists and actors and musicians and, and filmmakers. They are almost like heroes, right? They're, they're demigods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But their setup is separate from the rest of us. The rest of mm-hmm. us are you know, don't, don't really get to have creative expression. It's really reserved for those elite few. And, mm-hmm. and at the same time, we're given this message that creative expression, that the arts, somehow that's frivolous and self-indulgent and yep. unimportant. Mm-hmm. So one of my right. messages I'm, that I'm really, on a, I'm really an evangelist for this is that creative expression, creative play, is essential for humans. And mm. one of the reasons, I have five reasons why, it's actually essential for lots and lots of reasons, but there are five reasons that I really talk about. And one of the reasons, my, my most favorite reason, is that it actually restores energy to your brain. It actually oh. restores mm-hmm. energy to the part of your brain that is responsible for willpower and self-control. In other words, when you do your art, and whatever mm-hmm. kind of art it is, writing, dancing, painting, singing, whatever it is, you are actually restoring your ability to have patience, 
to stay focused and to stay on track with whatever project you're trying to do mm. in the rest of your life. It mm-hmm. actually restores your ability to resist temptations and distractions in any area of your life. It, you know, so if you're on a diet, it will actually help you stick to your diet. If you're mm. trying to um, you know, run a marathon, it will help you run your marathon better. If you're trying to get your, uh, you know, write an essay, it will help you stick to writing your essay. Whatever important work done you're trying to get done in, in the rest of your life, if you give yourself that 15 minutes of playtime, it will actually help you do that more effectively. So it helps you focus. Is that right? Absolutely, because it yeah. stores energy to your brain. Anything mm-hmm. that um, engages your interest mm-hmm. is the mo- one of the most effective things that you can do to restore energy to the part of your brain, the prefrontal, co- prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. that is responsible for your willpower and self-control. Right. So Pretty important. It is the yeah. opposite of self-indulgent and frivolous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what are what are a couple more reasons for well, another one is that creating actually you know it affects your mood and that mm-hmm. affects everything. So mm-hmm. when you do your art, it makes you happier. I mean, of course it does. Mm-hmm. That's why it's that's why we want to do it because we mm-hmm. know it makes us happier when we do that thing that we long to that we long to do. <laughs> that's why we long to do it, right? Right. <laughs> And happiness is actually infectious. Scientific studies have shown that if you simply live near a happy friend, you Mm -hmm. have a 25% higher chance of becoming happier yourself. Mm. If you live right next door to a happy person, that bumps up from 25% to 34%. So in mm. other words, it's just like those Fabergé organic shampoo commercials from the 1980s. If you make yourself happier by doing your art, by doing your creative thing, that is not mm-hmm. selfish. You, by making yourself happier by doing your creative thing, you are actually making two people happy. You're probably making more than two people people happier. <laughs> but if you're making two people happier, they're making two people happier, and so on and so on mm-hmm. and so on, you are actually creating exponential positive change. That right. is world-changing. That is not frivolous yeah. self-indulgent. That is world-changing. That really is. That's something really important that we need to do, particularly in these days and times with all the stress that we're living under, is just to simply play, to experience the joy, hang out with those people that are already living their joy, and therefore it becomes infectious and spreads to many more people. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some more of those reasons that Melissa can give us why creative play is so essential to living the life we want to live. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. When airplanes first began carrying passengers, everyone was treated to first-class accommodations. Caviar and sandwiches were presented on porcelain plates with beverages served in crystal. Flying was truly a special event as passengers wore suits and evening dresses. What do you call a person who is afraid to fly? An aeroacrophobic. The airlines required stewardesses to be unmarried, and many were nurses as well. To be a pilot was respected and revered. What do you call a person who chooses a career based on the glamorous image it conveys? A modoc. A typical flight in those days from London to Singapore would cost over $17,000 today and take eight days. What's another word for jet lag? Dysrhythmia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. You know, one of the things we have to face as really busy people this in our lives these days is we just don't have enough time to get around to do everything. Sometimes it's difficult to get from work to the grocery store to our home to cook for our families. Well, there's a solution, and that solution is called HelloFresh. Each meal is complete. The box is delivered to your front door with the menu and all of the ingredients. You have just gotten back some time. You don't have to go to the grocery store. And you get wonderful products in that box of food that comes to your front door. You know, it was really fun for me as I opened it up and saw the recipes that I was going to prepare. All I did was open the little ingredients. They were all boxed as one meal. It was really fun. And then it was delicious. And I was so proud of myself. Well, you have the opportunity to be introduced to home HelloFresh by going to their website and you get $35 off the first week if when you sign up for HelloFresh at HelloFresh.com, you put in my name, Joyce. Then you'll get your discount. It is an experience that you're going to enjoy, and you're going to want it to become 
part of your life because it gives you time. You have great food. You have fun discovering new menu and new foods. So I hope you'll try HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com using Joyce Buford as the passcode and getting the $35 off your first experience. Now, today... We are visiting with Melissa Dinwindle. Oh, I'm sorry, Melissa, (laughs) but I do this all the time. Melissa Dinwiddie, and she is an artist, and she talks about creativity, creativity play. My tongue is getting confused here. But Melissa, we were talking about the reasons that essential play, and you gave us two really good reasons. But I wanted to talk about your book that you just that was just released last week, which is awesome, and it's called The Creative Sandbox Way. What a creative title. So how did you select that title, and what does the book really share with us? Yes, the Creative Sandbox Way came about because back in 2000, oh gosh, 2010, 2011, when I, I, I was making my living as an artist, as a ketubah artist, a ketubah is a Jewish marriage contract, and it's a traditional part of every Jewish wedding ceremony, and oh. I grew up this little business. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very organically, I knew nothing about business, and <laughs> kind of stumbled into it. And then in 2008, the economy tanked, and my mm-hmm. business tanked right along with it. And I spent two years throwing money at the problem, trying to bring my business back up to where it had been in 2007, where it was chugging along quite well. Right. And I only succeeded in getting myself deeply into debt. And in 2010, um, I was in a very bad place financially. I didn't know where my mortgage payment was going to come from. I was really in a bad situation. And I lost a very big sale, and my boyfriend moved out and betrayed me in a really bad way. And the universe kind of walloped me upside the head, you know, one, two, three, bam, bam, boom. And I had uh, this hit-bottom moment and realized that I was really not happy. I mean, I'd known this for a while, and really the re- the, one of the main reasons why I was so unhappy was that oh, during this, these years of building up this little business, mm-hmm. I had completely neglected my creative hungers. I was making a lot of art for mm-hmm. clients, but I wasn't creating for myself at mm-hmm. all. And I had completely burned out. And so in this hit-bottom moment, I determined that I was going to build the life that I really, really wanted, what I would now call a full-color life. Mm-hmm. And I had this revelation that what I really needed, what I was missing in my life, was play. Mm-hmm. And what I really needed was to get back to playing and to get back to I, I, this vision of a sandbox popped into my head <laughs> that I needed to make messes and let loose. And okay, you know, for, 
For the visitors that don't know what a sandbox is, would you like to describe? We know because we grew up with sandboxes, but what were they? Where'd you get that idea? Yeah, so, so it's a, a um, uh, imagine a wooden, short little wooden walls, maybe a couple of feet tall, mm-hmm. with sand. So the, the that held sand. Any, mm-hmm. Just yeah, just filled with sand, and there's um, toys in there that you can fill with sand and make little. And there's shovels and buckets, and <laughs> often there's a source of water. So you mm-hmm. can. It's kind of like being at the beach, where you can make sand castles, and and it's an opportunity for kids to just see what can you do with sand and water and shovels and things. And it's an opportunity for kids to just explore and play. And mm-hmm. watch it. If you've ever had a chance to be around little kids and sand and <laughs> see their eyes light up as they explore, that is the space that I needed to be in. And it was like a light mm-hmm. bulb went off over my head. And I thought, mm-hmm. that's what I need. I need to be in a creative sandbox. So that became my central metaphor. And as I, I love was, it. Well, yeah, so, so I knew that I needed to be in that mind space of being in a creative mm-hmm. sandbox. And I also mm-hmm. knew that I was a dyed-in-the-wool perfectionist. And mm-hmm. in order to get myself into that space of letting go and making messes, I was going to need to let go of the perfectionism. So mm-hmm. I had to create some sort of rules for myself in order to do that. And so I, I cobbled together this, this uh, handful of little rules, which were things like, there is no wrong. And mm-hmm. it's about the process. It's about the experience, mm-hmm. the feeling of, of being in the moment rather than the outcome. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you get to that place and you know that you're not, the piece is not done yet, but there, it needs something, but you're not sure what, and you're afraid that you're going to ruin it if you do anything to it, go ahead and ruin it because it's about the process, right? Uh, little mm. rules like that. Yeah. And, I can just imagine with all those things coming down on you at one time, I know just from my experience that those voices would keep saying, you messed this up, you did this, you did this. It would be all those negative messages. And that's why I had to set up those little rules for myself in order to quiet those negative voices. And over the years, those little rules expanded out into 10. And Mm. as I was writing the book, well, I, I, I took those little rules and I turned them into a little e-course called Creative Sandbox 101. <laughs> I and, love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that I developed uh, a number of years ago. And mm-hmm. that little e-course, which was just five days, mm-hmm. that expanded out into the book. And as I was writing the book, I realized that these ten quote-unquote rules which was mm-hmm. never the right term because creatives don't like rules, of course. Of course, <laughs> I realized mm-hmm. that it was really a path. So, of course, the creative sandbox way made a lot of sense, and mm-hmm. that the rules were really guideposts along the creative sandbox way. So that's yeah. the story of the title. That's 
Awesome. Now, can you give us just a couple of the guideposts that you particularly like? One that stands uh, out to you. Yeah, so absolutely. So number one is there is no wrong. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I actually made up a little song, which is the best way for me to uh, remember. It's kind of like the alphabet song. It's the best uh-huh. way for me to remember my ten rules and to remember them in order. So there is no wrong to think process, not product. Three, think quantity, not quality. <laughs> if you take care of the quantity, the quality will take care of itself. Four, think tiny and daily. Ridiculously achievable. Remember, the most important practice will is just getting back on the wagon. So it's a very good thing to make it a very short wagon. Number four, think tiny and daily is absolutely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Because when when I I started the, the I told you about my fifteen minutes a day practice. I started yes. that actually on, on February first, two thousand eleven. I was interviewing an artist for an online course that I was developing called the Thriving Artists Project. Mm -hmm. And this is Mm -hmm. an artist who has a gallery exhibiting art, fine art career. Her name is Michelle Mm -hmm. Teberge. And she mentors other fine art, other fine artists who want to have gallery exhibiting art careers who have just as much resistance to doing their art as anybody else. And she tells her artists... If you yeah. can't put 15 minutes a day into your art, you're making an excuse. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's talking to me because <laughs> I hadn't been doing my art yeah. for a decade. Yeah. And well, you know, we all have, day, yeah, we all have trouble with getting in and keeping consistent with our time to spend in our genius, as I like to say. But where would these people go to get your creative sandbox? We have only about a minute before we have to go to break. So what is your website? Uh, the book website is creativesandboxway.com. Mm-hmm. And my website is Melissa Dinwiddie. Dot com, but because that's hard to spell, the easier way to get there is livingacreativelife.com, which will take you the exact same place, livingacreativelife.com. Well, the book sounds like it's just fun. I love the title. I love, I love what's in it. And when we come back, maybe you'll tell us a little bit more of it before we start to talk about my golden formula. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. 
Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Melissa shared with us about her creative sandbox way, which is her book, and um it was just fun revisiting the sandbox that I used to play in, and she did a beautiful job describing what it was. But you'll notice that she sang to us because that's part of her talents um, as a singer. And so one of the things that I wanted to uh, use to speak about, Melissa, was um, what, how is the book kind of set up that they would – could take and and read your book and and play with it. Yeah, absolutely. The book is divided into two main sections. The mm-hmm. first section is really how to get creating, how to get past all the gunk that gets in mm-hmm. our way, all the resistance, and mm-hmm. that is really the main chunk. And that's the ten uh, guideposts that oh, I'm yeah. singing to you. So it's divided into those 10 little tiny chapters, and after Mm -hmm. each chapter is a creative invitation. And those invitations are designed to get people writing, doodling, and coloring right in the book. And just about every page in the book also has some kind of black and white illustration that is an invitation Mm -hmm. to people to color with markers, colored pencils, whatever they want. And the margins are also set intentionally wide as an invitation for people to write or doodle or whatever they want right in the book as well. Well, and then, also on your website when I went there, you had some opportunities for them to sign up and get some free uh, play things on your yeah, website. Absolutely. I have... I have some posters, the the five reasons why creative play is essential. Uh, Mm -hmm. That poster is available for free on my site, as well as a poster that combines my 10 Creative Sandbox guideposts, which uh, Mm -hmm. I used to call my Creative Sandbox manifesto. (laughs) Uh, That that poster combined with my Imperfectionist manifesto is also available (laughs) on my website for free as well. 
Yeah, those are those are two fun things that they can sort of get started right away while they order your book, and they send. Now, where do they go to order your book again? In case they didn't get it last time. Yeah, it's available on Amazon worldwide, and the book page is creativesandboxway.com, where you can read about the book, and you can also download for free the first 50 pages, so you can see what the book is like. Oh, perfect. Now, we had mentioned that we I was going to talk a little bit. You were going to share with us a little bit about your golden formula. Uh, what are you referring to when you say my golden formula? Formula for life? Yeah. Yeah, so this is something that I have discovered that <laughs> I just keep coming back to more and more that this, I, I put this into a mathematical formula because it just is, is true. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness plus self-compassion equals the key to everything good. Self-awareness means be, noticing what is working for you, what is not working for you. What, mm-hmm. what are you noticing in your life? The more you can be aware of what what do you like, what do you not like, what is working, what is not working. Self-compassion mm-hmm. means uh, mindfulness. It means uh, seeing what's going on for you, combining that with uh, an awareness of common humanity, that mm-hmm. you are not alone, that whatever, uh, whatever you're feeling, whatever distress you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing in your life, you are not alone. You're not the only person on the planet who has ever experienced that. Mm-hmm. And then responding, not by beating yourself up, but by treating yourself with kindness mm-hmm. and self-compassion. And when mm-hmm. you combine the self-awareness, the noticing piece, with the self-compassion piece, life gets better. And mm-hmm. the, more I, the more days I live on this planet the more I experience this to be true. So that is why I call that my golden formula. Well, when you talk about self-awareness, are you, when, are you saying that somebody would realize it, I mean, whether it brings them joy or it brings them happiness or they just don't like an activity or um, is it kind of that way or um, yeah, how would absolutely. they be aware that way? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you, if you notice that something brings you joy, then the mm-hmm. self-compassionate response to that would be to try and do that thing more in your mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. if you notice that something brings you a lot of unhappiness or distress, then the self-compassionate response would be to try and minimize that thing in your life as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes that's really a little more difficult than it sounds. I mean, you know, because we get so influenced by our environment. And sometimes all the girls, all the people we're hanging out with might like something. And we might really, we might might not. And the natural tendency would be to say, well, what's wrong with me? You know, but I think it's... absolutely. It's where we are so unique. That's what makes us unique. So sometimes it takes walking away and going, finding something we like to do a little bit better. Absolutely. And allowing this it. Why it's, 
this is why it's a, my golden formula and why mm-hmm. it's so important and, and so challenging and why it's an ongoing practice to continue mm-hmm. to notice and mm-hmm. to tweak as, you know, to adjust as we go through life because these things change, you know, as we mm-hmm. grow and as our experiences change and as we change, you know, noticing that, oh, you know what, I'm out with a bunch of people and I don't really necessarily like this experience, experience <laughs> that I'm having, even though I like the people that I'm with. So, right. T- you know, learn from that and adjust to fit. That mm-hmm. would be operating by my golden formula. Yeah, perfect. I find sometimes now I, I need quiet time. Living alone, I live alone except for my beautiful little dog here. Um, <clears throat> but I I need downtime now because of the way that I live. I'm just used to downtime. And so I think it, ta- it took me a while to realize that's, that's just a quality I have now that I, that has transpired over the recent years. So I think that's what a good example that I'm thinking of as I think about your golden formula. I like that. That's I think a that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that, Melissa. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the board. <laughs> so... What do you think we need to do? You you have a um, uh, subject here called stovetop model of life design, which is uh, probably sounds like more time than we have to talk about it. But uh, what are you referring to when you mention that? Yeah, so this is for people who uh, who who have lots and lots of passions and interests and are often told by people around them that, oh my gosh, you're a flake, you're a dilettante, why can't you just pick one thing, what is wrong with you, who are not by nature specialists. I am one of these people. I refer to myself as a passion pluralite or a renaissance soul. Um, Mm. We have lots of different names, multi-passionate, multi-potentialite, Barbara Sher, who wrote the book Refuse to Choose, calls us scanners, lots of different names for people like us. And I came up with, when I figured out that this is how I'm wired, it's not, there's not, it's not a defect, it's just a way of being that's perfectly valid, I came up with uh, what I refer to as my stovetop model of life design, mm-hmm. which is really, you know, you talk about putting things on a back burner. I oh. took that, you know, to the nth degree, essentially. And I really am not happy if I have fewer than about four uh, pots going at any given time. And I'm free to rotate those pots at will. And Mm. I can at any given time take one of those pots and put it in the fridge or the deep freeze (laughs) and grab another pot from the fridge and swap it out. And Mm -hmm. I can go to Trader Joe's or the grocery store and get more ingredients and make, uh, you know, put something in a new pot. So I can swap my pots around at any time, and there's always one pot on the front right burner, which is my high-speed burner. That's mm-hmm. the pot where I'm really cooking hot. That's <laughs> the pot that's getting my most, you know, most of my attention at any given time, because we can really only focus on one thing at any given moment in time. Right, right. That's so, so that's clever, Melissa. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we I so appreciate that you've been able to come on today and share your information with us to give us new new thoughts about the importance of playing, the importance of using our creative time to play and so that it can add focus and it can add all sorts of things or to our brain function. It's very important for us in that way. So I thank you very much for putting your creativity together to create the sandbox. So thank you for being here today. Oh, you're so you know, welcome, and thank you. Yeah. So go get her book at the Creative Sandbox Way or um, on Amazon. But before we close, I want to remind you to try HelloFresh. Try this if you've not done it before. It is really makes your life easier. You just simply appears at your front door with all the ingredients, perfectly measured, no waste, and lots of variety. I found it particularly fun to do and delicious. So by using the code Joyce and signing up, you get the first week with a discount, $35 off. So go to HelloFresh.com and sign up today. I hope that your week is full of creativity, creative play, that you start thinking about doodling as you sit down to move forward in your life and maybe just color a page, find a coloring book. But whatever it might be, I hope you'll realize that creative play is part of feeding your brain to help you be focused and most of all, enjoy your life. Thank you for being with us here today. We look forward to seeing you next week and talking about whatever the world brings us. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 